on. I'm on three seats. <laughs> Look, there goes the game. You're listening to Ithaca Now. WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Timadri Seth, and thanks for joining us. Tonight, we hear about Ithaca's policing debate. And these recommendations were looked through a lens uh, of equity. Explore the area's social media culture. A post in the Ithaca College subreddit with news of Cornell shifting to virtual instruction after spring break. And look back at the power of human connection. No one was touching. No napping on a loved one's shoulder or hugging. But up first, let's hear what's going on in the Ithaca area with our community beat. The Tompkins County Department of Health announced Saturday that another resident has died of the coronavirus. This is the 29th resident lost to the virus and the first death in nearly a month. The department did not specify whether the death was associated with a nursing home or other care facility. However, hospitalizations in the county are now down to zero for the first time since November 2020. The independent movie theater in downtown Ithaca, Cinemaopolis, is partially reopening on March 12th as a part of their private movie party program. Groups of up to 15 non-members can pay $250 to reserve their theater's screening rooms for two and a half hours, while members will only have to pay $200. The theater is introducing enhanced health and safety protocols for their guests, which include customers remaining six feet apart from their staff and wearing a mask when not in their seat. For the first month of the program, guests will have to provide their own Blu-ray or DVD discs to screen. Organizers of the annual Ithaca Festival announced that the festival will not take place in 2021. The festival and parade will happen next summer in 2022. The event was originally canceled for summer 2020, along with many other community gatherings here in Ithaca. Three people have announced their bids for Ithaca's Common Council under the Solidarity Slate contingent. Shania Foster, Phoebe Brown, and George Defendini are looking to represent one, two, and four ward seats. Solidarity Slate presented 10 campaign initiatives on their website that they intend to work towards if they get to elected to their desired seats, some of which will include increased taxing on Cornell University, anti-discrimination laws for members of the LGBTQ community, and creating systematic justice for black and brown people. Tompkins County is expanding its COVID-19 vaccine eligibility. Customer-facing hotel workers and homebound individuals are now able to sign up for vaccination appointments through the Tompkins County Department of Health Registry. Those who are homebound will receive the vaccination at home in coordination with their caregivers. Concern for homebound individuals comes from their possible interaction with visiting social service workers and caregivers, 
who may be at a higher risk for exposure to COVID-19. Tompkins County government publicly disproved of New York State's resolution to end the expanded emergency powers of Governor Andrew Cuomo. The rejection of this resolution differs from some New York State politicians' desire to restore New York State's legislature power while limiting the governor's. The county's disapproval will have no legal power but will be sent to the governor. For Madeline Lorene, I'm Christian Matry with WICB News. The Ithaca Police Department may be looking at some big changes coming up with the presentation of the Reimagining Public Safety Collaborative Draft Report. Ithaca is coming closer to a new outlook on public safety, which has been met with both optimism and criticism. Correspondents Erica Liberati, Skylar Eagle, and Clay Davis took a look. It's been almost a year since the May 2020 murder of George Floyd, a black man killed by a white police officer that caused uproar across the country. Last summer was met with Black Lives Matter protests taking place all over the country and calls to defund the police. Much of the 2020 election cycle was spent debating what defunding the police could look like, with both major political parties' candidates outwardly opposing the idea. Some major cities began by slashing police budgets or shifting the types of calls police officers responded to. Changes have been minimal across the country, but here in Ithaca, we might be seeing major ones. In June, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo issued Executive Order 203, calling for all municipalities to take a look at their police departments and develop strategies to address discrimination and racism in policing. Late last month, Ithaca Mayor Savante Myrick released his proposal to make this type of change. His recommendations are that the Ithaca Police Department would be replaced with a Department of Community Solutions and Public Safety. County Administrator Jason Molino said that this plan was created with the experience of marginalized community members in mind. It's the purpose of the process is to focus on marginalized members of our community and develop better practices and better address uh, the needs of our communities of color. And these recommendations were looked through a lens uh, of equity. We received recommendations that did not necessarily impact uh, inequities in policing, and we didn't consider them as part of this. The department would be headed up by a civilian executive director and would contain a unit of armed, uniformed first responders called community safety officers. It would also include a unit of unarmed first responders called community solutions officers. They would collaborate to focus on issues of crime prevention, investigations, and community service. In a public forum earlier this week, Myrick defended his proposal, saying that eliminating the police department would provide for a more equitable way to respond to the needs of the community. Well, what became clear is that we need a broader understanding of what public safety delivery is for a municipality. That just having a police department was not enough to respond to all the varied and very different demands for service that our, uh, our police department sees every day. The idea in a new department is that you would still have armed public safety workers that respond to things that we typically think of as police responsibilities now. But you would also have community solutions workers, people who could respond to the type of calls for service that don't result in arrests and that have low incidences of danger or conflict. Those folks could show up, have a broader presence in the community, do the kind of foot patrols and community interactions that many people are asking for without introducing uh, the weaponry and militarization that has a lot of people nervous. The Reimagining Public Safety proposal includes various recommendations on how this new restructure would look, 
including increased training for officers, collecting and evaluating the results of officer-initiated traffic stop enforcement, and developing a comprehensive community healing plan to address trauma and the relationship between residents and law enforcement. Molino says that the healing plan is crucial in beginning to rebuild trust between residents and law enforcement. One of the things that was very clear in the feedback that we received is trust um, does not exist or is, is minimally exist between law enforcement and community members, uh, particularly marginalized community members. It's a process that would recognize generational trauma um, experienced by our marginalized community members and, and communities of color. And it's a plan that also recognizes the trauma experienced by law enforcement officers as well. So this is, I think, an important piece of this as we move forward. The plan also calls for the repurposement of the SWAT department and vehicle to determine when it is appropriate to use SWAT services and equipment. The current SWAT mobile command vehicle will be repurposed to the Tompkins County Department of Emergency Response. According to Molino, there can be better purposes for the SWAT vehicle. But really having it being a mobile command center for um, different types of instances, emergency responses needed in the community. Um, this should not be a specialized law enforcement uh, asset. It should be an asset that can be used um, by different departments, different agencies, for example. Um, during this pandemic, we could have used this vehicle for mobile, te mobile testing sites, mobile vaccination sites. Um, these types of initiatives is how um, this mobile command center could be used moving forward. The plan has been met with both opposition and favor from the community, with some calling it too progressive, while others thinking it could do more. The Ithaca Police Benevolent Association held a press conference following the announcement of the plan, denouncing it. President Thomas Conzella said the city is risking public safety by eliminating the police department and said that the police union had not been included in the plan's formulation to a sufficient extent. The Ithaca Police Department already meets the standards of Executive Order 203 and has for quite some time. This leads the Ithaca PBA to believe further that this executive order is being used to implement changes that are unnecessary, unprecedented, and likely extremely dangerous. We also believe that this is an underhanded and obvious attempt to bust the union of the Ithaca Police Benevolent Association. At this point, we cannot call this anything other than an attempt to destroy a highly functioning and professional law enforcement agency and a way for the city of Ithaca to circumvent the labor agreement they entered into with the PBA. The total budget for the IPD 2021 fiscal year is just over $12.5 million. The cost of the proposed reforms is unclear at this time. If implemented, the city would create a community justice center to lead the recommendations. Next week, there will be a Tompkins County Legislator public hearing to further discuss the recommendations. The hearing will be streamed through the Tompkins County YouTube page. The proposal will go up for a vote in the County Legislator and Common Council at the end of the month, with a final report submitted to the Governor's Office by April 1st. For WICB News, I'm Erica Liberati. This is Ithaca Now on WICB. I'm Himadri Seid. If there's one thing that couldn't be stopped by COVID, it's posting. Many people all over the world and here in the Ithaca area were able to share thoughts and information regarding the pandemic over the internet when seeing each other in person could not happen in the same way anymore. Correspondent Vedanta Khauri decided to take a close look at what local groups on social media talked about during the pandemic and what was important for people to share and discuss during what was, for most, a tough time filled with many changes. The internet has become more important than ever before during the pandemic. Not only does social media allow us to feel connected, 
but it has also informed us about happenings in our communities. Think back to what I just said. What social media platforms came to your mind when I said that? Facebook? Snapchat? Twitter? How about Reddit? A year into COVID-19, I want to explore the role that Reddit has played in the Ithaca community from January 2020 until March 2021. With research assistance from WICB correspondent Emma Kirsting, I took a look at the Reddit forums for Ithaca and Ithaca College, with some quick comparisons against Ithaca's Facebook groups. I just want to clarify that the Ithaca College Reddit is unaffiliated with the institution. Same thing for Cornell Universities, which will also be mentioned here. Pre-pandemic, an Ithaca College student asked for advice about getting a single room, which feels different in the post-pandemic world where more people want a roommate or some semblance of daily interactions. In March 2020, there was a hint of what was to come. A post in the Ithaca College subreddit with news of Cornell shifting to virtual instruction after spring break. There's no reaction or comment from IC students who would soon be facing the same thing. Cornell's subreddit was different, however. People had very mixed reactions to the news. For some, this is a first realization of just how serious this virus is going to become. I definitely remember when my teachers and even my family were confident that we're not going to have another pandemic mostly because of the medical and scientific advances made since the 1918 influenza pandemic. With that in mind, I didn't see COVID-19 coming, which seems hard to believe in hindsight, but that was the mindset until March 2020. When Cornell switched to remote instruction, there were also questions about partial refunds, convocation, and even about where international students would live. At least on Reddit, Ithaca College's student body remains optimistic towards a return to campus. They ask questions about dorms as well as the various majors offered at the institution. In May 2020, Ithaca College announced that it will return to in-person classes on October 5th. On r Ithaca, the community had mixed reactions. People are concerned about students returning to campus during an expected second wave of COVID-19. Some are cautiously optimistic and call it a bold decision. One user makes a concerning post that Ithaca College's student body is larger than Wells College, Elmira College, Casanova College, and Kiuka College. Some people also bring up concerns about the college's finances, alleging that Ithaca College could face financial struggles if they continued remote instruction. One user suggested that incoming freshmen might begin their first semester at a cheaper college and then transfer to save costs. In the start of 2021, there are tons of COVID posts, such as the vaccine, the UK variant being found in Tompkins County, and where to study during the pandemic. The overarching theme is safety. There's personal safety, with someone asking for recommendations on self-defense or martial arts classes in Ithaca. Some are seeking connectivity with posts about how you can make friends in Ithaca as a 30-something, and how you can connect with the area if you've moved here in your mid-20s. There are also tons of recommendations for sports and activities, such as mindfulness, hiking, ice skating, and archery. Many are concerned for the well-being of the community with recommendations for renter's insurance and CPAs, jobs for college students, locations for community food storages, advice for Ithaca's housing market, 
and police unions and public safety. Speaking of the housing market, there's another post about how to avoid eviction as many people have lost their jobs. This follows a national concern because according to the Aspen Institute, an estimated 30 to 40 million Americans were at risk of evictions in 2020. There's also news about happenings in the Ithaca community, such as the resignation of Ithaca College School District Superintendent, Trumansburg's Board of Education President resigning after commenting on Facebook that the Capitol insurrection was peaceful, and Congressman Tom Reed addressing that Capitol insurrection, and calls for Tom Reed to vote to impeach then-President Trump following the insurrection. There are also posts about quarantine guidelines for travelers in Ithaca. Cornell moving to yellow status before classes begin due to parties and Greek life, and no organized hockey due to COVID. There's some encouraging news when dog parks opened with social distancing practices. People were looking for clothing donation sites, and there were tons of posts about hiking sites and churches that can be attended in person, presumably with social distancing. During the pandemic, a lot of people crushed quarantine boredom by working on their craft or learning a skill. Seen in Ithaca's Reddit where someone posted about workshops focusing on sanity and the stock market. The final topic I want to discuss on Ithaca's Reddit is local businesses. There's a post about another store closing at a local mall. A possibility is that less customers attended due to the pandemic, with someone alleging that owners of this mall have been quote, profit taking for a few years now. I'm not surprised places are closing, end quote. There also seems to be a general trend of brick-and-mortar stores struggling in the age of online retail, with publications like Forbes claiming that the pandemic only accelerated that trend. There are mixed reactions to Ithaca College students returning in spring 2021 on Reddit. Some members post Pokemon Go groups to keep others company on campus. The Facebook group Ithaca Pokemon Trainers has also made posts about Pokemon Go groups. When this game came out in 2016, it allowed for exercise, getting out of the house every once in a while, and bringing the community together. With the pandemic and its quarantine boredom, it's no surprise that Pokemon Go is becoming more popular again, both in the Ithaca community and the general public, presumably with the players following COVID guidelines. Another Reddit post gives mixed signals to potential transfer students and potential students from lower class contexts about coming to Ithaca College. A big reason is the budget cuts, which has been a growing conversation among students, staff, alumni, and faculty members. Finally, let's talk about Ithaca's Facebook groups. During the pandemic, these Facebook groups' role to inform the community increased dramatically. For instance, the Facebook group Ithaca Issues has provided tons of updates about COVID-19 cases in Tompkins County, possible exposures, and where to get vaccinated. Its members also provided news about a hotel shooting, food organizations, and topics surrounding police reform in Ithaca. Ithaca's Facebook culture has also helped support local artists with the group Ithaca Underground Community. I've also seen some Reddit posts about local Ithaca artists, either looking for collaborators or searching for permanent members who join their music groups. Quarantine allowed a ton of people to start creative projects or renew creative projects that they would have never found the time to continue otherwise. Ithaca's Reddit culture provided us with tons of information to support and inform ourselves during this pandemic, whether it concerns education, well-being, community happenings, and community reactions. Facebook groups also raise awareness about the state of COVID-19 in Tompkins County and Ithaca. 
They also brought the community together to play Pokemon Go or support local artists. I want to thank Emma Kirsting for assisting me with research. For WICB News, I'm with Anthakari. You're listening to Ithaca Now on 92 WICB. I'm Madri Seth. We are now about one year into the pandemic in the United States. Despite vaccine rollout and more, we are still a ways out from returning to normal. To close out tonight's episode, we thought we'd bring you back to the normal time for a moment. Back in fall 2019, correspondent Jess Tresh explored the power and impact of human connection. Perhaps you can find a way to take these ideas into practice in a new, safe way. You know when we sit next to someone on the subway? Their knee might graze our leg, or their hand touches our shoulder while they take off their scarf. Sorry is the word that almost always shortly follows. Translation, sorry I just touched you. Sorry my skin felt your skin. Like a violation or wrongdoing was just performed. But what if society knew how important touch really was? Research shows that platonic touch and cuddling calms cardiovascular stress, reduces blood pressure, and releases the love hormone oxytocin. And now there's a whole touch industry. I spoke to a professional cuddler about what it's like when strangers come together to embrace in sudden intimacy. Here's Allison Rollins. You could ask your boss for a raise the same way you could ask a participant at a cuddle party for a shoulder rub. And that detachment from the outcome and the focus on what specifically you want. And, you know, it, it's an exercise that comes into the individual so that you can identify what it is that you want and really why it is that you want that. Before this episode, I told my boyfriend about the health benefits of cuddling and platonic touch. It rocked his world. Had he succumbed to the pressure of masculinity and learn to fear touch outside of our long-distance relationship. He's excited about this new approach. And to showcase this new excitement, I asked him to hug a random stranger. Okay, we're looking for somebody to hug. Somebody at the RHO. Oh, oh, this guy. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Can I give you a hug? Why? Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. for a radio show. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. No problem. <laughs> Thank you. Is society today touching less than before? And how much of it is a cultural thing? Well, let's go back in time. It's the 1960s, and psychologist Sidney Girard goes out to study couples in coffee shops all over the world. His findings, in the span of one hour, couples in Puerto Rico touched 180 times, compared to Paris, 110 times, and in Florida, an astonishing two times. But what about today? Is technology and social media planting itself right in the way of our platonic touch? There's no scientific data to show a link between growing technology and less touch, but Tiffany Field, a touch specialist, went around airports in Florida to observe people interacting. No one was touching. No napping on a loved one's shoulder or hugging. 
just phones and screens. It's no wonder cuddle parties have blossomed all over Europe, Australia, and the U.S. They're filling a void. When I run a cuddle party event, I expect there to be strangers that don't know each other. And so there's a number of activities and there are several rules. Uh, One rule in particular is that you can always change your mind. Um, And there's other of the rules that we go over in those events, really create a container where I feel that what's being offered is very safe. So we start with the hugging game where you can ask for and say yes or no to as many different hugs as you want with the people who are there. So it really depends on who's there, but I've found the groups of people at a cuddle party are, you know, maybe not so open at first with wanting to get hugs, but by the end of it, usually we end up kind of, you know, sort of sitting in a pile, exchanging light shoulder rubs or, you know, nothing too explicit. It's just, you know, it's kind of you practice asking in a very specific way for uh, freely given, reversible, informed, specific consent. So, you know, so there's this FRIES acronym. It's from Planned Parenthood. And um, we really want everybody to just be in an enthusiastic yes, because we've created this container where it's safe to express you know, gosh, I'd just really like it if someone would stroke my head. And it's like, okay, wow, I'm totally willing to stroke your head. And it's no big deal. You know, it's not like um, you're not expressing kinks or fetishes. And sometimes people are like, ah, well, where do feet come in? Because feet are fetishized. And it really kind of depends on the attitude of uh, the person. You know, if you're asking to touch someone's feet because that's going to give you sexual pleasure, then that's not what we're going for. But if you're asking, you know, to touch someone's feet because you gave your mom foot rubs and that reminds you of home, like that might be on the table. It really, you know, it's a, it's so case by case. Some say men experience platonic touch the least in their lives. For men, touch outside a sexual relationship is seen as effeminate, and touch with other men, gay. Sociologist C.J. Pasco studied a California high school for 18 months and interviewed students. She found that homophobic slurs were dominant along enemy and friend relations. She called this compulsive heterosexuality. To be a guy meant to prove you were straight and masculine. Would you facilitate um, a cuddle party with a with a frat? I definitely want to do that because I think that these skills of identifying what the individual wants outside of what the individual thinks is expected for performance in the sexual arena is important for guys to take ownership of and not just think, oh, you know, I have to get my my badge of honor. You know, I have to um, come of age. I have to have these experiences. And maybe what 
your roommate's experience that he wants aren't really something, you know, that you want. Have you noticed that most people that are coming to your cuddle parties are single men? That's definitely the case. I had one cuddle party that I I have advanced tickets, so I usually know who's coming uh, a few days beforehand. And the people who had bought tickets were all male. And all of them want to ask me, so you know, what's the gender balance? Are there going to be other women there? And, you know, I I don't want to lie to people who ask that question directly, but I also don't want to give people the impression that my job is to gender balance the participants so that they are provided with someone of the gender that they want to cuddle with, because it's not about the cuddling in the moment at the cuddle party it's about developing the skills to take home with you to ask for more of what you want but it's it's really so twisted together from our puritanical roots of american society Um, we have a very sexualized society but also have a taboo on sexuality and touch So I'm just curious, how did that cuddle party pan out with all the males? So the cuddle party with all the males, I I always make a statement at the end of what we call a welcome circle. And there's a bit of copyrighted curriculum that we go over, the rules, and introductions and that container that we create for the cuddle party. And at the end of that introduction, I always give people the option to leave at that time and, you know, get a full refund of their ticket price because the part of the freestyle cuddling happens after that. And so I had five uh, guys that came to the cuddle party and they... Um, two guys actually stayed after the welcome circle. So it was just uh, three guys took off, um, and they're like, no, forget it. I don't want my ticket price back. But then it was just kind of like me and these other two dudes to just have a conversation for the rest of the time, which was very nice. Um, The two guys that stayed, um, they did end up kind of using me as a buffer, like sitting between them on the couch and that was fine. Um, But, you know, I think it is important to explore that it's okay to have platonic affection with people of your same gender. Maybe you don't need to know someone to give them the same effect of touch from a loved one. And maybe it's really just about being there for someone. But it's the sort of thing like, you know, if you're being treated and you want, um, you have to go to the lab to get blood work or something, you know, you could ask somebody to just come sit and hold your hand while you're in the waiting room or while they're taking your blood. But a client that I've known for a while, you know, might actually ask me to sit with them in the waiting room for a medical exam or that sort of thing, just to have somebody. It's not necessarily only about... um, you know, physical touch, but about, like, having that person to be there. Touch and be touched. Consensually, of course. But hug someone you love. 
or someone you don't know. Either way, there's a lot to gain from reaching out and asking for touch. For WICB News, I'm Jess Dresch. While COVID-19's impact still continues, you can think about how this affection can be replicated in your life now, socially distanced, with a negative test or electronically. And that's all for this edition of Ithaca Now. You can listen to all of our stories on WICB.org. And if you'd like to listen to past stories, follow WICB on SoundCloud and subscribe to Ithaca Now to hear full shows anywhere, anytime. Also, subscribe to the latest to hear our daily newscasts every weekday. Just search WICB News Presents on your favorite podcast app. For more updates throughout the week, follow WICB News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support and assistance from Manager of Television and Radio Operations, Jeremy Minard, WICB Station Manager, Sam Ives, Programming Director, Lou Barron, and new Social Media Coordinator, Gabrielle Topping. Thank you. Ithaca Now is produced by News Director, Jay Bradley, with assistance from News Managing Director, Celine Tudor, and this week's correspondents, Leigh Davis, Skylar Eagle, Erica Liberati, Vedanta Kauri, Emma Kirsting, and Jessica Dresch. All of the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundit of Louisville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas, just want to say hi? Feel free to reach out by emailing news at wicb.org. We will be back with a full episode of Ithaca Now at 7 p.m. next Sunday. I'm Hamadri Seif, and thank you for listening to Ithaca Now on WICB.